1: Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com/specialoffer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com/specialoffer. Partido a Partido podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Um, it hasn't been a great week again for Atletico, but we're here covering uh, covering it. And um, uh, we're joined uh, today by uh, two very great guests, uh, two great friends of mine. Uh, first of all, uh, Emiliano, uh, how are you doing?
2: Everything fine. I'm, I'm really, really happy to be here uh, and I'm ready to, to talk about the What's going on with Atleti and what can improve, because we know this situation is, has all of us
1: uh, very worried. Yeah, very, very glad to have you on and um, uh, excited uh, to um, have you on with us uh, for the first time. Uh, having him for the second time is Dean returning. Uh, how are you doing, Dean?
0: I'm good. Uh, I'm happy to be back.
1: Perfect. Um, uh, Emmanuel, uh, unfortunately, uh, isn't able uh, to join me today. Uh, He will miss uh, today's episode as well as uh, a few episodes in the future, but uh, hopefully he'll be back in no time. Um, So, yeah, uh, with that out of the way, let's get uh, right into it. Uh, Let's start with the uh, Mallorca game. Uh, Atleti lost at home uh, at the Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, with a late goal uh, from Takekubo uh, to lose two to one after taking the lead uh, through uh, Mathias Cunha. Uh Dean, uh, can you please give us uh, your thoughts about that game?
0: Yeah, so I obviously I'm very disappointed, just as every other Atlanta fan is, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to go into specifics too much, but I thought the first half was lackluster. We we really only created just the one Cunha chance. That was really the only one big chance. And of course, he missed it. So we, uh, as usual, took a while for us to get going. And I did think that we were better in the first 20, 25 minutes or so of the second half. We had a lot of pressure on Majorca, and we're creating a lot of chances. And uh, probably the worst one of the ones we did create is the is of course the one that goes in. I, I guess it wasn't a bad chance, but rather just a weird chance. But uh, Cunha thankfully put it in, but then I thought after we put that in, the team just turned off. And it's one thing I wanted to say is that it's what's really annoying to me about yesterday's performance is that the two goals we allowed is it, it's the same mistakes we've we, we've been making in defense all season, and I don't understand why we keep making the same mistakes is, you know, the first goal, of course, we allowed off the set piece, and well, we've been terrible at set pieces all season. And all for last season we weren't good at them either. And the second goal is we're we're shit at defending the the counter. And you just can't it's just to me it's unacceptable to let Majorca come back and beat us. I think I saw that this is the first time we lost at home. Uh after scoring the first goal in six years. And that's, you know, that's terrible.
1: Yeah, it is the first time in six uh, six years. The last time was uh, a loss at home uh, in the 15-16 season against Barcelona. Uh, Torres took the lead and then uh, goals by Neymar and Messi. Um, so uh, that's that's been like a, a recurring thing this season. You know, every, every week we say we see stats like this. Uh, this is the first time uh, Atleti concede more than two goals consecutive games. This is the first time uh, Atleti fall at home yeah. uh, multiple times. This is the first time uh, you know a comeback like this happens uh, in so many years um so and uh you know this comes uh in in a season where we had so many ex- uh, you know the expectations were very high uh, in the summer after uh you know the uh, the uh, i'm i'd say it was a great summer you know there were some good signings but uh emiliano um what 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 do you think of the current squad uh, don't you think you know uh, they they should be uh, performing better?
2: I personally think uh, the squad we have should be capable of performing better. But there were certain uh, positions and roles that we already saw in the second part of last season that were missing. We didn't uh, improve them in the summer. I think the team right now is missing a solid defensive midfielder. I think maybe they. They put a lot of confidence on Condoglia, that has been good in some games, was already good in some games last season, but he hasn't been consistent. He hasn't been giving us the, the kind of uh, confidence and security a defensive midfielder has to give. I think that has made uh, uh, Koke play many times out of position because we know his ideal role isn't playing as a six, especially Uh, In a team that uh, plays uh, in a quite intense uh, way, we are in the team that will play more uh, positional, more possession, we try to play direct because that's the way that we play the best, but also that makes us uh, offer more opportunities if passes are intercepted in the counter, so you need a player there that can physically impose, and I think Koke is a more positional player, so To play there in a system like this one or he plays like an eight or you play a double pivot with someone that can cover more Coke's weaknesses let's say and then I think uh, we also miss a a center back because if the initial idea was to play with three at the back right now we are playing with four at the back because I think Simeone saw that situation in which Coke couldn't uh, hold the midfield so decided to reinforce the defense it hasn't worked the best way either because we don't either have a, a left back of guarantees and, uh, well, Felipe and Hermoso aren't being at the best level. Felipe already was uh, quite bad last season, nothing to do with his first season here. Hermoso had very a very good start of last season, I think, until January. He was probably one of the best players in La Liga. Afterwards, he lowered his level. I think uh, maybe winning the league uh, blinded a, a little bit Simeone and the world in, in terms of what was necessary to do, and maybe they trusted players that uh, as of now at least they haven't proved they, they deserve that
1: trust. Um, yes, uh, so uh, there, there were you know, uh, moments this season where uh, you know the the squad shined where there were uh, they had a very very good performances, um, namely against Betis, against Barcelona, and of course uh, the home loss against uh, against Liverpool. Uh, so uh, the, the, pro- the the main problem is the uh, consistency of the squad. And uh, an- another game that uh, we saw a good performance in was uh, the uh, the win against Cadiz. Uh, there were you know plenty of positives in that game, but uh, what caused uh, Atleti not to build upon that? Uh, why did they fall again uh, in in uh, you know similar mistakes uh, in the past uh, uh, in the Mallorca game?
2: Yes, I think uh, first of all, uh, all's way in game was good, uh, especially second half first half we, did, we weren't bad, but uh, wasn't the brightest performance, but we were solid, which in the last games we weren't in general. I think uh, the defense had a, quite a good performance besides that mistake of Armoso and Oblak that made us concede that goal but I think in the first half we controlled the rhythm of the game quite well. We were pressuring high against uh, Cadiz. We controlled the game. In the second half we were able to find spaces. Uh, Cholo nailed it with the substitutions and I think we also made a good job uh, giving freedom to Joriente to arrive to to the last meters and cross it, there we created chances I think, if I'm not wrong, the second goal the one of Griezmann, arrived like that and for that I think uh, what we have been, been doing when Joriente plays as right back, usually in possession in the build up uh, the aid of the team usually goes to cover the right back and plays more as if it was like a a sort of wide centre-back in possession to give freedom to him in the, in the build-up. Yesterday, the one in charge of doing that was Koke, and I think Koke didn't do such a great job there, although he had a good action in the, in the goal in a, in a situation similar to the one I am talking about now. In But the pole in the game against Cadiz did it perfect there, so I think he was able to make Jorente arrive to those positions in which he could determine more The attack of the team, yesterday we weren't able to to give that uh, opportunities to Llorente. I also think uh, we didn't control that well the rhythm of the game, besides the first uh, 15-20 minutes in which we pressured high and we created more afterwards. Mallorca started to feel more comfortable in the game. Once uh, Savage got injured, uh, that's bad luck, we are being very unlucky with injuries this season. But I think after that, Mallorca started to be more comfortable, winning second balls. Winning long balls as Hermoso doesn't dominate that much the aerial part of the game, let's say. And I think in the second half, we also saw improvements. We saw the team that was playing, again, pressuring quite high, playing quite direct. I think Koki improved slightly in the second half too. Cunha played quite a good game, although his finishing wasn't the best one. But I think overall, uh, Simeone didn't make the right substitutions after we were winning. I think that once we scored, the the team didn't have the confidence. Uh, They tried to set back. I don't know if it was instructions from Simeone. I personally don't think it was the case. I think it was more the team not being confident and thinking that we had to hold the win however we could. And afterwards, what happened is that the team doesn't isn't solid enough to defend results. We saw that they conceded a quite damp, I would say, set piece because first of all, uh, Lodi doesn't interpret well the action because he leaves uh, Mallorca's player. I think it was the centre back. I can't remember remember the name right now. Uh, he, he left him onside when the team made right, the right job to leave him offside. He didn't do it well there. And afterwards, Hermoso, uh, he, he didn't do the right thing either because he he uh, spent too much time to recover the position. And when he arrived, he didn't have the opportunity to jump to dispute the ball. So Mallorca's player put the header uh, very comfortable. And, and then in the last minutes... Uh, It was more of trying to go for the win, but in a very disorganized way that made us us, uh, lose a little bit the the tactical shape and concede more opportunities through the counter. That was how the the second goal of them came.
1: Perfect. Uh, So you have said it it all. Um, Hermoso, uh, like you mentioned, uh, uh, I think he he didn't really do a good job uh, defending the set-piece at all. Uh, the lost the aerial duel way too easily, and uh, he didn't really start the game. Uh, it was Savage alongside uh, Felipe, but um, uh, S- Savage uh, unfortunately uh, was injured and uh, was subbed off, and will probably miss uh, uh, you know quite a few games coming up right now. So um, you know, hopefully a speedy recovery for Savage, uh, a very crucial player, as uh, as we saw. Uh, earlier in this uh, this season, where uh, when he wasn't available, um, uh, now uh, you have mentioned uh, Cunha, and uh, you know based on his last two performances, uh, do you see him being a leading figure uh, for the team's attack?
0: As good as Cunha is, we still have Griezmann. We still have Felix. I th- I think even Correa. I think all these players are better than Cunha currently. So. He is he has proven at least to be a good option off the bench, but I, yeah, I don't I don't see him starting regularly. I think maybe he'll earn, you know, he'll earn this the odd start based on the type of defense our empo- our opponents normally employ, but yeah. Yeah, uh
1: one thing I I like about him is uh that he's proving to be, uh, you know, more versatile than, than I expected. You know, he can play a creative role. And, uh, of course, yesterday he played as as a striker, sort of, you know, false nine. Um, so, yeah, I, I am liking his, his current form. Uh, we, we'll have to see uh, how he develops and, you know, how he builds uh, upon that. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 just have to wait and see. But you know, I am liking the the signs so far. Uh, would you like to add anything to that, Emiliano? Uh,
2: well, I think uh, at the end of the day, we will all depend, as Dean said, in the ter- not just the the type of defense we employ, uh, the the, I, uh, the rival employs, but also the type of game we want to play. Because maybe if you w- if we want to play a game in which is more based on offensive transitions, I think. Cunha can add probably more than Suarez because, first of all, he's a lot faster. And he, nowadays, I think, uh, interprets better uh, how to attack spaces and how to create spaces for his teammates.
0: Um, Okay,
1: so uh, moving on from that, um, uh, you know, one one of the players that uh, let's say has defined Atleti's season so far like so many seasons before uh, is coke uh, when when coke plays the team plays you know as usual uh, but we really haven't seen uh, you know the uh, the uh, the coke we lo- we saw last season uh, his his form uh, has been worrying and uh, he hasn't been able to perform at the highest level uh, so far this season so uh, dean uh, what what do you think is wrong with with coke currently um
0: I Emmy might have mentioned this earlier. I think one is just Koke is being asked to play all different all different kinds of positions. And so it's hard to find consistency w- with that. And Koke isn't he, he's serviceable. He is very versatile. So he is serviceable in a lot of different uh positions and a lot of different styles, but he's not necessarily the best at all of them. And that's a big part of it. I think another big part of it is just that he's gotten no rest at all. And I'm not – The it, it's kind of – he's kind of between a rock and a hard place because K- Koke does suffer from not getting rest, but at the same time, we can't really afford to rest him because we don't have anybody else that can really do what he do, what he does. I see a lot of our fans want him benched, but the thing is, is I mean, who, who's going to come in for him? We have Kondagbia, we have Herrera, sure, but I just don't see it working that well. So what we can hope for is uh, once La Liga starts the Christmas break and all the teams get a little bit of rest, you'll uh, hopefully regain form after them. But for now, we just
1: have to deal with it. And uh, now that you mentioned that, um, you know, you know, hopefully, Koke does recover his form and uh, you know uh, returns uh, to the old Koke we we all know and love. Uh, but uh, you know, how how much would uh, his return to form uh, solve from Atleti's issues? You know, how how uh, uh, how much would that affect uh, the current form?
0: Obviously, Koke's, Koke is always going to be crucial, and in every other season where it seems like. Every other season, or not no I shouldn't say every other season, but in a lot of recent seasons and a lot of the more recent seasons, as we've seen more fans come into the club, uh a lot of them criticize Koke, and every single time they do, he proves them wrong, and he every because every single time we're missing him, we perform poorly. so it's like what you said earlier where even a even a bad coke is still crucial and a good coke is uh a game changer
1: yeah i i very much agree and you know uh you know you you have mentioned that it. uh, it's it's uh, very very tough to bench coke almost near impossible um and you know another factor that plays into that is the fact that you know he is the captain and uh you know it's it's uh, n- nobody would uh, would, uh willingly uh want to bench uh, you know the the leading figure of of the squad um Emiliano uh would you like to any- add anything to that yes i think
2: uh coke has been struggling lately uh, as you all said but i think at the end of the day he's crucial we have all seen it when coke plays well the team plays well when coke was at his best level i would say in the last 2 years the team was Probably having its best it, its best form since 2016. Easily, he was being the thermometer of the of the team. I would say he was the one that was defining how the team should play in each moment. He was like our coach inside the pitch. And I think if we are able to recover that coque, the team will improve a lot. But as of now, as Dean has said, even if he isn't at the best level, he has to play. First of all, because I think he, tactically he's the smartest player we have, but also because we don't have better options at him that he, than Jimmy on the bench. I think Herrera can be a useful player in games against teams that play a uh, low rhythm, but in general terms, I don't think he would add more than coke, even less condoglia it started the season quite well, but in last games he hasn't offered anything more than that. So I don't think it would be good to to bench Koke. I also read some people that would like to try to play the ball in a more, let's say, uh, in more in the first pass, more as a defensive midfielder, let's say. But I think we will we would lose a lot more because. De Paul is one of our best uh, creative players, so we want him to be a little bit closer to to where actions are, offensive actions are defined, let's say. So I think that uh, as of now we have to trust Koke, we have to keep on giving him confidence. I think as as supporters we have to keep on supporting him because he has given us a lot, and I think he will give us a lot more. And even the worst version of Koke is a key player for this team.
0: And just. Just to add a little bit on the end there, uh, and you 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 mentioned it a little bit is like you were saying how we need to continue supporting Koke. One thing that's for sure is that uh, these people that go on and trash his performance or all they focus on is that he's playing bad and that he needs to turn in a good performance. That's not that's not really going to help anything. I'm sure he knows that already. It's better to just support him.
2: Yes, I personally I'm. Quite annoyed with, quite annoyed with a part of the fan base to the point. Uh, I wasn't in the pitch, in the stadium, but I read that in the minute four, when people chanted for Simeone, there was a part of the fan base that whistled it. Also, I saw, I was able to perceive on the TV that in some uh, actions, Koke was also whistled. I don't think that's fair for uh, people that have given, uh, have given Aleti so much, and I don't think. It would, it would solve anything for the team. I can understand. We are exigent. Leti has to compete. I personally, at the start of the season, had the expectative to fight for the league and qualify to the round, round of 16. Uh, we will have the chance in, on Tuesday, but it's going to be quite difficult. We all know it. We also depend on another game, so in that sense, I'm not happy with what we have been doing in Champions League. And in La Liga right now, uh, Of course, it's a very long competition, so a lot of situations can change throughout the season. We already saw it last season that we were dominating the league in the first part, and the second part was struggled. so we never know if that can also happen to Real Madrid. It has happened to Ancelotti before at Real Madrid in the 14-15 season. So we never know if we will be able to fight for the league until the end, but as of now, it doesn't seem we will, so of course I am also... Disappointed, But I don't think that disappointment should translate to uh, being, let's say, not thankful as we should be with the, with the people that have made us uh, have that, those expectations because before Koke, before Simeone, this, this club didn't have the expectations of fighting for a league, not even qualifying for Champions League, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh...
1: I mean it it feels like one of the biggest sins as as an athletic fan to to boo and uh, you know uh let's say disrespect uh, Simeon and Koke you know those are you know once in a lifetime legends and you know doing doing uh, such a thing like uh, I uh it's definitely unacceptable uh, anywhere uh you know even on Twitter but uh, I'd expect it to happen more there than uh, actually happening in in the Wanda Metropolitano. So uh, it really is shocking that uh, you know this this uh, happened uh, on uh, on the game uh, uh, yesterday. Um, biggest issues uh, of the team uh, so far this season have been the uh, defensive problems. Um, st- st- Too many uh, goals have been uh, conceded. Uh, I think that's uh, 16 goals in in 15 games. Uh, This comes uh, a few seasons after uh, Atleti only conceded 18 goals in 38 matches. Um, So, I mean, obviously there's a big change in personnel uh, going from the legendary back four of uh, Felipe, uh, Jimenez, uh, Godin and Juan Fran. Uh, But... Uh, the the team wasn't really defending poor, this poorly, uh, you know, in recent seasons. Uh, you have uh, touched uh, on the subject, Emmy. Uh, but uh, do you see a a solution uh, in in sight uh, for in the near future uh, for the, these issues?
2: I personally think it will be hard unless certain players uh, recover the level. Because, of course, there have been goals conceded because. Uh, There have been tactic mistakes, in which uh, those can be corrected by Simeone, I think, and he will probably correct them. My main concern with Simeone in that sense, I think that he, I don't know why it is that the team is conceding so many chances by getting crosses from side positions, sideline positions, so I think he has to work on that especially. But at the end of the day, I also think that we have conceded many goals coming from individual mistakes. If You see the last games, uh, yesterday, there was a mistake, uh, an individual mistake from Lodi and afterwards from Hermoso, defending the, the set-piece. Against Cadiz, there was a mistake from Hermoso and from Oblak. Uh, then against Milan, Jimenez made a terrible mistake too, that he also made a similar mistake against uh, Valencia. I think it was in their second goal. And then you also have uh, the two mistakes of Felipe and Hermoso at Anfield. Uh, The mistake of Felipe against Liverpool at home. Uh, Then I remember also a mistake of Jimenez and Savic passing the ball back uh, against uh, Villarreal that caused the goal of Nanjuma. So there are many, many goals that were caused by individual mistakes. So from that perspective, how can Simeone improve that? I don't know. I think it will all depend on being able to recover confidence and, as a team and that may be helping to... I was having a sort of of thought last uh, yesterday that I thought, well... Individually the team isn't in a good moment and collectively either, but at the end of the day I think both aspects fit uh, fit each other because it's hard to perform individually in a team that doesn't play well and it's hard for a team to play when, well well when many individual players are playing bad so I think it's a combination of both and I think uh, defensively it's more a matter of individual mistakes that I hope that will Players will be able to correct, or if they can correct, they will be sold in the winter transfer window.
1: Um, yeah, we we'll have to see uh, how many transfers uh, and how much activity happens in in January. But uh, I I do think it's uh, a, a little bit. Uh, uh, early to discuss that uh, there haven't been many conclusive uh, rumors about uh, about Atleti, uh, you know, uh, who their targets are in winter and uh, how much they're willing to spend. So uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll just uh, discuss uh, those things in the future. Uh, in in the meantime, uh, I think there are uh, you know many more uh, important matches uh, that will take place. Uh, you know this week starting with obviously the most important one uh, the game against Porto. Uh, This will uh, obviously decide whether Atletico will uh, qualify to the round of 16 or not. Uh, Only a win uh, will do for Atleti. Uh, A loss would uh, definitely knock them out. A a draw as well uh, would see Porto go through. Uh, They will have to beat Porto and then uh, hope that uh, Liverpool Either beat, draw, or don't lose by more than one goal uh, f- uh, for Atleti to qualify. So those are the scenarios for uh, for the uh, for the game uh, on Wednesday. Emmy, um, um, how much would a CL uh, exit affect the team financially uh, and morally? Of course, ahead of a very important uh, period in in La Liga.
2: Uh, well, first of all, I would I will focus on the morals. I think uh, the team uh, really needs to win, because if we don't win and with how far we are in the league, the feeling of the squad will be that the season is pretty much over. Besides maybe being able to make a good run maybe in Copa del Rey or in Europa League where we are able to play, the two main objectives that were round of 16 of Champions League and fighting for the league seem very far away, so that would affect could affect uh, the team a lot and would require of a lot of motivational work from Simeone that we all know he can do because he's a great motivator. But would be hard, especially considering that the next games are very difficult. We're going to play the derby, that is, in terms of the league, as of now, the biggest game of the season because also not only because it's the derby that we all know. Derbies are special but also because if we aren't able to win, uh, Madrid will be very far away. Afterwards, we play with Sevilla, a very difficult game too. So I think uh, losing would mean facing those games in a very difficult moment in terms of motivation. And financially speaking, we all saw that when Atleti in the 17-18 season, I think it was, yes, when we were sent off in in the group stage what it meant was losing many players in the winter transfer window we all remember that maybe there weren't important players like gaitan uh, carrasco uh, vieto and a few more Uh, augusto also i think and a few more but what that translated to was that for the uh, uh, last part of the season, we had a very short squad. I even remember covering not more than three or four bench players of the first team that we we had to call many youngsters in the final games of the season. so I think I don't know if that was if that would happen again, but I think we all know that it would probably cause some sort of exit rather of an important player or of some players that aren't that important to cover. Uh, the the financial expectations that going through the round of 16 mean in terms of budget, and uh, maybe it could cause also uh, not just financially but for some players like maybe I don't know Oblak that uh, at the end of the season he will probably decide if he's going to extend his contract or not it could make him think uh, he wants another project and makes him want live, want to leave, So I don't know if that would be the case with more players too. So I think going through is very important in a motivational way, in a term of sports project, and also in terms of money.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So you know, very uh, dire consequences uh, uh, you know await the team in case of uh, uh, them getting knocked out uh, in so early in, in the Champions League again. Um so uh let's talk about the team awaiting them. Uh Porto um they they held Atletico a draw uh, in in the Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, they beat uh, AC Milan and drew in the other game. Um they have won their last 8 games in the league. Um, so, can can you tell us uh, more about uh, their team, and you know where their uh, where the danger comes uh, comes from, uh, you know, in in their squad?
2: Yes, I think uh, first of all, they are a very competitive team. They already showed it last season, although their their season in Portugal wasn't that great. In Europe, it was. They made it to the quarterfinals after kicking off Juve. They show that they are. Also, in this group stage, although they besides that game against Liverpool at home, they competed well in every game against us, they made it very tough. They showed uh, they are a team that if they are able to lower the rhythm of the game, I think that they could make it very difficult for us because they are a team that defends very well, that close to the box they have a a monster like Pepe that defends like a beast there it's very difficult to to overcome in aerial duels, inside the box. As I said, he is a very important player for them. I also think they have a very dynamic uh, midfield. They have strength, strength, but, but they also have the ability to complicate anyone in transition because they have a fantastic player that I would say that is being one of the best players in the position in Europe, that is Luis Diaz. He's playing excellent. He already did very well in Copa America and he's confirming this season in the country. He can be a very important weapon for them. And they are also a team that can adapt to different situations. As we can see in the league, for example, they usually have a lot more of the ball. I think that they were were they were averaging about a sixty-two percent of possession, while in Champions League I think they were closer to a forty percent. So we we see that it's a team. That can adapt well to the situation and to the arrival they are playing against. And I think it will be a very close game against us. They are going to try to lower the rhythm. Athletic has to try to move the ball fast to play an intense game to overcome their main strengths that are a very organized team that defends very well. And when they have the space to attack, they are also a very difficult team to defend.
1: um yeah uh, so uh, obviously it won't be easy and uh, um you know it, it's it's not just uh, uh, porto that atleti have to worry about uh, there's also the the chance of uh, milan uh, you know uh, upsetting let's say liverpool uh, you know maybe beating them uh, by more than one goal which uh, while uh, you know it's it's uh, uh it's difficult to predict what what'll happen in that game uh but uh, you know obviously the focus uh, should be completely on on the 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 game in portugal um so um w- one of the things that uh, will will make it uh, you know so so much more difficult uh, let's say uh, is the uh, the players that are out injured uh, or suspended? We have Savage, which uh, obviously will will miss the game. Felipe uh, is uh, suspended uh, after getting a red card uh, against Liverpool. Uh, so, with that in mind, uh, Dean, uh, how would you line up the defense uh, in in the game?
0: Yeah, so hope we have the hope and pray that Jimenez is back and. In good form because that leaves us just Jimenez and Hermoso as our only two natural center backs on the team. So with that in mind, I would personally go for a forward back with uh Hermoso and Jimenez as the center back pairing. And the right back depends on whether Trippier will be back. We we think he might be. If he's not, uh I mean if he is, then I would start Trippier at right back. If he's not, I would start Urente. Because I don't I don't like Versalco that much. I don't when when whenever he plays that side that right side of the pitch, which he's normally he's normally on that side that right side of the pitch. There's nothing going on in attack. Urente, I know it's not Llorente at right back isn't ideal, but I think it's better than Versalco and it gives us the best chance against Porto. And at left back, it also depends on who's available. If Carrasco's available, I would probably start him. Just Just off a quality basis, we know Carrasco is much better than Lodi and also Carrasco is in good form. So, again, it's just starting the best of who we got against Porto in the most important game of the season so far. But if Carrasco is not available, then we'd have to put Lodi at left back.
1: Uh, yeah and uh, uh I mean luckily uh both uh sorry uh Trivia, uh Carrasco and Jimenez are are back in training so uh will will probably be available for for the game uh, against Porto uh but you know they they will be uh, returning from injuries so we don't know the the kind of form that uh, they will be in 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 the training today uh there was talk about the possibility about uh, of using Condogbia or versalico as uh, the third centre-back uh, in, in the three-at-the-back uh, uh, system. Uh, Emiliano, uh, how, how, like, how likely uh, do you see that uh, happening and uh, how would you choose uh, t- to line up uh, the, the defence? Uh,
2: I think uh, it is a... I don't think it's the most likely thing, but maybe Simeone has, has the idea of... Hermoso not being the most reliable player in a four-at-the-back system, playing as a centre-back, so maybe he decides to go for a three-at-the-back. And there Hermoso is a little bit more reliable, although this season he hasn't been reliable in any role. So maybe the idea of putting Condogbia or Versalico there is because of that. The only game we have watched of Condobia playing there was, I think, against Elche, if I'm not wrong, in, at the start of the season, and uh, I think he did it well, but uh, it, it is a different, a completely different game, and he will also play in a different role, let's say, because in that game he did more of what Hermoso usually does, and in this game he would have to play in the right side of the, of the centre-backs, and maybe hold a little bit more the position as Hermoso is usually the one that uh, picks a higher position in order to to project the offensive part of the team. But, uh, the option of playing with three at the back would probably make Carrasco also play as a left wing back and if we play four at the back I think Lodi would probably, probably play as a left back. I personally would prefer to go with four at the back I think although none of the two options really convince me, but I think I would, I would go with Lodi, um, Jimenez and Hermoso. And the right back, if Frippier is back, I would put him. If he isn't back, I would go with Llorente because, as Dean, I also don't really trust Bersalico. Uh, he hasn't convinced me neither offensively or defensively this season. And I think uh, Llorente... Could also offer that by uh, that chance I was talking about of maybe uh, the eight going a little bit uh, more uh, closer to the centre backs to give more freedom to him and to arrive more to the to the last part of the the last third of the pitch and cross it. Uh, I think uh, the Porto has some sort of weaknesses in the left back, so. That could be an option, but I per- yes, I personally would go for that, and I think could be compensated by playing. Uh, I think the uh, pole in the role of an eight, if it is the case that Hermoso, uh, sorry, Trippier, uh, no, Jorente plays as a right back, so that could be compensated by the uh, pole playing as an eight. If the if the one that is going to play there is Koke, I am more worried about how that can result.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously the only thing left, uh, how would you, uh, who would you choose as the personnel in attack?
2: In attack, uh, I think if we play with Afoura De back as I would do, I would go with Carrasco as a left wing. I would play with Suarez. I think I would have that gap that, that, that between Suarez and Uña. But I think for this type of game maybe Suarez is the ideal person as it is a, a game in which the the ball will burn, It will there will be a lot of pressure and we all know he can handle that quite well. And as a right wing I think I would go for, for Correa that can add uh, defensive work uh, to help maybe Llorente or or 3 depending on who plays, to defend Luis Diaz. That is going to be their main offensive threat and can also offer a lot defense, offensively speaking. So I think I would go for him as a right wing. I would play with a four-three-three that would maybe turn in some situations into a four-five-one. 5 one so So uh,
0: would
1: you like to add anything to that, Dean?
0: Uh, I think, I think he's covered it better than I ever could,
1: so. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say the same as well, uh, so that's, uh, uh, that's everything covered, the only thing left is some predictions for the game, uh, Dean, would you like to start with this? Sure, uh, I won't,
0: I don't know about a score, we like we've said, we know that we have to attack. And we know that we are, we we at least have to uh, aim to score goals. And we need to hopefully win by more than one. So I'll remain positive and predict a win. I won't give a score. But I will predict a win. Uh, Jinx protectors up. And uh, I will say that also, I think we need the club, the general atmosphere around the club, the fans in general, we need to be a lot more positive in these situations. It's not, it's not a letty to just roll over and die. So yeah, I'll go for the win.
1: Uh, what about you, Emiliano?
2: Well, you know, in general, I am quite a superstitious person. I follow the, the Bible of Dr. Villardo, So I don't usually give predictions, but in this case, I think it's necessary because, as Dean said, we need to be positive. I have seen a lot of negative thoughts about this game from people. And I think we'll have to be, po- to be positive and to to give our support to the team that made us so happy just some months ago. So we have to, to support them in the tough times and think everything will go well. So I will say we will win. I don't know by how much, but I think we won't need more than to win by one goal because I think Milan isn't going against Liverpool.
1: Perfect. Um, I I uh, predict the same thing. Uh, I uh, you know I'll go for a win as well. Um, while uh, I mean uh, same uh, the same thing. Dean said it. Uh, it's very tough uh, to, pre- to predict the to predict a uh, score line, but uh, you know uh, the. The best games uh, this season have been uh, against Barcelona, against Betis, and, in my opinion, uh, in the loss against Liverpool. Uh, And the recurrent theme uh, in all of them is, uh, you know, the the team just uh, feeling, uh, let's say, the underdog spirit again. Uh, You know, those big games, uh, pressure on uh, with the back against the wall. Uh, as Cocq said in in that leaked message uh, last uh, last season, uh, when the league was on the line, uh, this is where uh, Atleti perform at their best, and uh, I think this is the perfect uh, the perfect chance for for Atleti to turn it all around. Uh, you know, there's so much pressure on. Uh, I think it's uh, you know uh you know a, a liver or a live or die uh, kind of situation if you want to be dramatic about it so uh yeah hopefully we we do see uh you know a a response from the players and uh, you know we see a uh you know very good performance again uh from them um so uh yeah that's uh, uh that's everything covered uh for today's episode uh emiliano uh, thank you so much for joining me today thanks to you.
2: I'm very happy to, to, have to, to have been part of this podcast, and I, I want to, if possible, if you invite me again to be back once we make it uh, to the round of 16, because I'm convinced we will.
1: Totally. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on again. Uh, and of course, uh, Dean, uh, thanks for joining me again.
0: Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. And I'll always, uh, I'll always be up to, to come on.
1: and uh, always happy to have you on again uh, with me Uh, and of course, uh, thank you guys for uh, listening and sticking with us Uh, now more than ever, remember Nunca dejes de creer never stop believing uh, always believe in the team and uh, hopefully uh, they do repay uh, that faith uh, in them and uh, see you in the next episode